This episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you who donated $1 a month through Craft Sanity's Patreon page. Learn more at CraftSanity.com. Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. Well, if you couldn't express yourself, how would you de-stress yourself? And if you couldn't make and build and sing and knit and paint and dance and spin, would you go crazy? Well, if you're going crazy, here's something amazing to help you keep it together. One, two, three. Craft sanity, craft sanity. Hello and welcome to episode 184. Uh, In this episode of the show, I'm really excited to bring you a conversation that I recorded a little while back with Ursula Morgan. She is the CEO of Creative Bug. I'm a huge fan of Creative Bug. These are online classes that you can take right from the privacy of your own home or on the road, wherever you have internet access. For $5 a month, you can watch tutorials on everything from printmaking to knitting to sewing to quilting. I mean, there's just so much. This is really great for those of us who do not have the travel budget to go to workshops and meet these designers in person. The documentary style instructor videos are fantastic. I definitely get the strong vibe that there are makers behind the camera. So these are people who really love art and craft who are making the videos. So that comes through. Getting back to Ursula, she came on board after Creative Bug got started, and she is a CEO. She is bringing with her a wealth of experience in craft publishing, and she's had very great success in the magazine industry, and she'll talk to you about that. She has great business sense. She makes some bold moves, and they work for her. And so I felt a little braver just after talking to Ursula (laughs) for this podcast. She really has a lot of energy and gusto. And those of you who are looking for a little shot in the arm, a little motivation with your business, settle in for this interview because Ursula is going to bring it. And keep listening after the interview because I'm going to give you a coupon code at the end of the show to try out Creative Bug for free for one month. Before I get too far, I want to make sure I take a moment to thank my Patreon sponsors for sponsoring the show. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate your help. Uh, I also want to thank the kind folks over at acshomeandwork.com for sponsoring the show. Thanks so much. And head over to craftsanity.com for a coupon code to save money on your next order to ACS. That's where I get my tea towels that I do my printmaking on and various other home goods. So there's a link to ACS from the craftsanity.com website, and there'll be a coupon code waiting for you there as well. Okay, so without further ado, let's get to this chat with Ursula. You might want to get a notebook out so you can take some notes. And I'm telling you, I think you're going to feel braver at the end of this interview. I've only been here for two and a half years. Um, I came on to help sort of grow the business from the founders, and it was it was founded back in the sort of conception was 2012, sort of late on, and then they launched my, my president of the business I was in here because I was a future publishing. Um, I don't know if the other magazines have been missing the 
Molly the Makes and all of them and um, and Crochet Today and You're Knitting Life and I was with them and then they said, oh, can you help these people out? They've started this startup in San Francisco and they don't really understand the, uh, the whole the whole business of um, subscribing. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started meeting them for lunch and things and then Julie, one of the founders, gave me a necklace and then seduced me over. I thought, wouldn't it be rude not to come over? <laughs> I San There's a startup down the road. I should just go and uh, and and help out. So that's how I ended up in Christmas. Doing So you were working in publishing before you moved to the States? Yeah, and that's why it's fascinating reading about you and, um, and, and your magazine. I was a graphic designer and uh, went to art college. Was told, basically, I was always interested in fashion and textiles. Textiles were my passion. And I used to make clothes. I grew up with a sewing machine in my bedroom, a big industrial sewing machine, which was bigger than my bed (laughs) um, that my mom used to sew on. And there was just enough room for that sewing machine in my bed, in my bedroom. And I had a chest of drawers. And my mom was a sewer and she came from a long line of sewing people. So her her sister was a wardrobe mistress in the big theater in Dublin. Her other sister was working in London um, as a forewoman in in a big factory making clothes. And then my mom was making samples for designers at the time in our home. So I, I grew up with a sewing machine, no fear of it. And at the age of 12, would be making clothes, all my clothes all the time, and then making clothes for friends in exchange for fabric. So that was my passion. And then I was leaving school, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I went to a careers evening with a girl who was very, very good at art. She was the top artist in the school wasn't a very nice person, but she asked me, would I come and support her at this evening? And I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll come and support you. Mm-hmm. And she was really surprised me because she was very, very confident in school, but not very confident walking around this cruise evening. And I was walking around with her and I sat down and she was talking about what she wanted to do with this chap. And she wanted to go to art college, wanted to study fashion and textile, wanted to do da, da, da. And then he just turned to me and said, what about you? Why are you here? And I said, oh, I'm just here to support this, this lady. She just wanted to bit of moral support. He goes, oh, tell me about you. And I said, well, to be honest, art, fashion textiles being my, my passion, but I couldn't draw that wall in front of me if you asked me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, if it's your passion, go back and explore it. So I went back to school. It was a great Catholic convent. Went to see my career um, teacher, Sure Eileen, or Sister Eileen. It was an old Gaelic school. I, I grew up speaking Gaelic. And she said, oh, she said, well, your aptitude is like 120 or something in art. And I went, what? And she goes, yeah, we did this test in you and you were 12 when you joined school. And I said, but I was kicked out of our class when I was 13 and told I was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, oh, I don't think the teacher likes you. Um, so I went home that night and started sketching and I crammed in six months, did my A-levels, my, my leaving cert um, art and got it. And then applied for five art colleges and got into all of them. <laughs> wow. I'm so glad you went uh, to that, that career night because that would have really, it yeah, seemed like that really changed your I path. Know. And it shows you, and it shows you something could be nasty to you in school all your life, but ask you to do them a good deed. You still reach out and do it because you never know what comes back. Right. That's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then I became a graphic designer and um, had great fun in London, London designing for great magazines, design week, marketing week, she magazine, Good housekeeping, and uh, and then joined Future Publishing, which um, produced some craft magazines and gaming magazines, and music magazines in Bath. And they asked me, would I become a suit? And they called me a crayon at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and and I said, no way. And they said, no, come on, please, please do it. And I went, okay, I'll do it if 
you sign a piece of paper that says, I can go back and I can be the creative director again in six months' time. And the managing director laughed because I've signed your piece of paper. So it's worth nothing. Uh. <laughs> um, and so, and he said, but don't worry, we'll do all the finances. You just like make sure you have beautiful covers, make sure it's commercial, keep all the people happy. And I went, no, if I'm doing it, I'm doing the whole thing. So first finance review printed out this huge spreadsheet and this guy came to coach me and I looked at it and I went, I know exactly what this is. And he said, what? I said, this is a picture. Um, this is the past. This is the present. And this is the future. And this is our forecast. I said, it's really easy. It's just a story. And I was so shocked that the, the numbers came easy to me. And then they sent me on a master's in business course. And here I am. I've managed to blend crafting my passion and art and business. And do you miss the creative side of doing the graphic design? It's funny. I, I made a conscious decision when I started because you'd see in publishing people would come over from editorial. I'm sure you've seen this yourself or they'd come over from marketing and they'd become a publisher and they'd sit down and they'd start changing covers and get very much involved. And I said at the very beginning, I set all the art directors down that I used to manage. And I said, listen, I'm not going to interfere with this. You, it's your, you're the artist now and I've got to stand back and I've got to do what I do really well. But I do expect a certain standard. And before you show me a cover, I'd probably say to you, what will Ursula say? Like, what are you going to ask you to change? And it's going to be something that's probably going to move the needle commercially. So I did miss it a bit, but I've always been involved in the crafting magazines and the crafting world so I never had that huge disconnect so I've always I've, I've never lost the creative side of things and if anything I feel like I'm sharing it a bit more and I think that when you can work with creative people who are great at motivating and empowering people to go you know to step up do their best and and be creative it, it really leads to some wonderful outcomes so it sounds like that must be yeah. fun for you and it's really surprising, but I tell you, it can be so hard. It can be so hard. Be, <laughs> uh, we have an open plan office and there's a round desk. Of people are having meetings. And I actually put my earphones on or I do something or I walk away just to distract myself. To know that whatever they're discussing, whatever they're, that they're, they're coming to and, and getting together on, they will come up with a really great solution. And I don't have to be involved in every single solution. And, and, and then I get this like wonderful, warm feeling when I see something fantastic come together and go, do you know what else they see? You didn't have to interfere. That They've come up with something wonderful and that's magical. And, and so uh, the last job that you had before you joined Creative Bug, you were working with, um, was it Future Publishing at that time? That's correct, okay. yeah. And they, they produce um, Molly Makes and um, several other publications. I know Molly Makes has really taken off in the United States. Yeah. Uh, Americans really it's, love it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's it's interesting. So when I was at Future, so I was at Future the Craft magazines back in the UK, and I started a piece of. But when I was when when they asked me to be a business lady, and then they um, they asked me to launch some magazines. Well, basically, when I was doing my business program, my masters, you were meant to launch like a supplement or a weekend or do something small. And I started looking into the knitting market, which was very underserved in the UK. And um, I, uh, Coast and Clark were saying to me, listen, missing taking off in the US. This was sort of 12, 12 years ago or whatever. And, um, and you've got to do something in the UK to move people on from scarves. And I said, okay, well, I'll do a, I'll read a cross stitching magazine. I said, we'll do a supplement. I can get a special out there and we'll test it. And as I was looking into it, I discovered that 
actually there was a real market out there and it deserved a launch. And I rallied my board and I got them to invest in a launch. And then it was hugely successful. That was simply missing. And I asked them for £75,000. That's what I said I needed for a budget. And I said I'd pay them back in a year and I promised try to not flush it away. <laughs> and I pay them back in the first three months. Wow. And they went, oh, my God, Ursula, like you've got, but they tried to put me into pressure to launch it faster. And I said, no, I'm doing this critical path. It's going to take six months. I'm going to make sure we have stocking for the magazine before we launch it. I'm going to get people to buy in. I'm going to make sure we have the best subscription gifts. So then they put pressure on me. And they said, oh, okay, we want more launches from you. You've obviously got the golden touch. And I said, Nope, I'm going to do some research. And they went, great, we've got all these subscribers and we're going to like do the research um, on this. I said, no, let's not do that. I'm going, to, I'm going to do a piece of research that's going to go out to everybody in the UK. And what we discovered from that piece of research is that people were beginning to cross craft back then, which nobody thought people would ever do. People thought if you're an issue, you're an issue, if you're a crochet, yeah, you're a and I've, I've never understood that mindset. I really have never. No. Because I am a multi-crafter and I, I will die a multi-crafter. Like it's not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to stick to one thing. Yeah. So you discovered, you, you tapped into that. Yeah, I tapped into that and I tapped into the two research and then we started launching magazines off the back of that. And because I said, let's not talk to the people who love us, who already buy us, who are already subscribed to us. Let's talk, let's talk to the public. Mm-hmm. And then we started spotting trends and then we launched magazines off the back of the trends. And now we've, we've shared the research with the CHA, the Craft and Hobby Association in the US and the UK. And because I believe the greater good of that research all sort of, um, what's this, all, sh- um, all rising tides lift all ships. So I really believe in this collaboration and sharing research with people and getting more people crafting and doing. And, and so what did you find on um, the reason, did you, in your research, did you come across a reason why people said that they were doing multi-craft, like multiple crafts uh, and not sticking to one thing? I think that it was, so, so basically the first piece of research I did sort of was all about crafting and then I forgot to find out whether they were regular or not regular. <laughs> I think I like you do a piece of research, you go, go, I didn't ask that question, but always good research is, so then the second time around, it was like, how frequently you do participate in certain crafts. Mm-hmm. And what I found is, is, is it was lifestyle and things that happen in your life that trigger you to start becoming creative. So whether that's a, Having a child, getting married, um, your child going to school, going to university, then your child getting married and sort of and how these different life cycles sort of get you engaged in crafting. The other thing is now we've done some research in the US and, and also we, we license magazines to Russia from future as well. But I found that crafting is homogenous pretty much globally. And it's that need to be creative and um and I think that has grown again and again from I think there was a bit of a gap from uh, some people not being taught by their parents and also it's not in the curriculum in schools, but I think the whole maker movement now is moving towards wanting to be safe and wanting to be creative and wanting to feel good about what you do. Mm-hmm. And and people are finding they just can't find that satisfaction in one craft. Um, is there are a lot of people who have um, to do I, multiple? I, 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 I still... Yeah, I still think that people will do sort of, if you're a crocheter, you're a little bit addicted to that, like hook right, and, the, right. and the yard. If you're a knitter, I mean, if I know if I need to relax, like my shoulders, are, they're hunched up and I need to relax and I've had a busy day doing awful things like budgeting or something like that. But <laughs> if I pick up my needles and my yard, I know I'm going to relax immediately or it might take me more to take up a pen. But I think that 
people are beginning to explore more. And that's kind of the ethos of Creative Bug, where there were other online classes out there where you could you could create um, and buy a class and have video instruction. Where Creative Bug, the whole ethos was um, Etsy mashed up at lynda.com, where you pay a subscription price and you might come on to do some crocheting or some cake decorating. But you can watch other classes and you might think, oh, you know what? I've always wanted to do some watercolor or I've always wanted to sketch. And then you'll look at a YAL class or at least a Congdon class and you'll go, do you know what? The only thing I have to do now is pick up a pen or a pencil and follow on and I can see what I can do this. And there's no barriers to it. There's no, it's lifting that, that mystical thing that I think is difficult. I think back to my own history where I was told I couldn't draw. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I could, I still believe that everybody has an artist in them. It's just that nobody's told them that they've had an artist in you yet or no, nobody's told you. So that whole thing of creative lifestyle, I think now the barriers have come down a lot more where people used to say I'm a, a manager or a crocheter. And even if you were in yarn, you wouldn't necessarily do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. But now I think that there's much more openness out there with magazines such as Molly Makes and and then and then subscription business such as Craterbug um, that you actually can go into get some good learning, some good advice, and you can just go for it. And there's no risk. One of the things I really like about Creative Bug is just the part that people can even see for free when they go to the site before they even subscribe. You can watch information about these instructors and kind of get to know like the people that are presenting this information. And the the, the videos are so beautifully produced. I love that they're like mini documentaries about these very yeah. creative, talented people. The people come across as very relatable and uh, accessible, and I think that also entices people to think, hmm, yeah, I, I'd really like to, now that I feel like I kind of know this person now, I'd like to take their class. <laughs> and is was that, yeah. is that approach, you think, one thing that sets Creative Bug um, apart from some of the other products out there? Yeah, and I think there's two approaches there. One is that when I started coming sort of and sort of chatting to Creative Bug, I was saying that sort of I was looking after a studio here in San Francisco that was doing um, a gaming videos and, and crafting videos. And I was going, God, so the tangibility of Creative Bug videos is so beautiful. And they set off an emotion and they feel tangible. And I always say, I know, I know a good logo or a good cover by something that you feel in your heart. And um, I just asked one of the video shooters, thinking, how do you get such like beautiful shots, and how do you get us so emotionally involved? And and again, doing all the different, um, doing all the little small documentaries on the artists, and they're all different. I mean, they're all so different. They're all shot in different angles and different approaches. And Matt just looked at me as if I was crazy, and he said, Esla, we're artists shooting artists. He said, I'm a video artist. And I'm shooting another artist and I've got a genuine interest in that artist and I want to know their story or I want to know what they're doing or I want to know what they're creating. And I just thought, do you know what? You cannot teach that. Mm -hmm. That is just, that is a curiosity. And you spoke about curiosity being a journalist. That curiosity, I think, is what makes great artists and what creates that respect in the, in the video that we, that we produce. There's a relationship there immediately of, of respect and curiosity. The winning combination at Creative Bug is that you can tell the people behind the camera care just as much about those projects as the people in front of the camera. And, um, and it, Absolutely, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing, really. And so, so aside from that, I mean, how many, how many classes does Creative Bug offer now? 
Oh, my Lord. So um, we were staying on the site over 500 classes, and then we realized before Christmas there was over 600 classes. Oh, wow. Um, and and the really interesting, and we've got another 100 in the bag, and we've got a great plan for this year. But the really interesting thing is that um, people say, and say sort of like, who? what are your favorite classes, and who's fantastic, and we have some fantastic artists and great classes. And then we'll promote a class that we'll call sort of one of our sort of original classes and we tell people about it and then it surfaces again and uh, and it's very popular. And I say that our problem is, and I think I'd love to sort of chat to you about that, sort of is how do you keep resurfacing these fabulous classes? And I feel like sometimes we're like Instagram, we keep putting fabulous classes up, we're pushing other ones down and they're still gorgeous <laughs> and beautiful. And, yeah, and yeah. One of the ones, yeah. And and one of the ways we try to do it is because we're a subscription business, artists can promote each other and talk about each other. And to begin with, we were hoping artists would bring their audiences. And then we found that a lot of artists are very modest and didn't necessarily promote themselves. And some artists were great at promoting their classes because they knew the joy they were sharing. And now artists, we encourage them to promote each other as well because, um, because there's no competition between them. They're just sharing their creative lifestyle amongst their friends and all getting to know each other and and do know each other from the craft circles. And a lot of artists are fans of other artists and now they can actually have a, a place to talk about it or to, to share that. But it is a it is a challenge sometimes and we've just we did the navigation um in September trying to sort of help surface things and we're trying to group things as well and um and it it's interesting that I feel that we're trying to get people creative and making things. And then the other way that I see Creative Bug is that it's like one of your magazines. It's um, that you might not have time to create that month, but by looking at a documentary of an artist or by watching a class, as you said, on your treadmill or whatever (laughs) you're doing, that you're actually indulging that creative part of your brain as well. Right. Even if you can't go, even if you can't act on it right then and make a quilt, yes. you can still file yeah, away like, the information. Yeah. yeah, you're filing away the information and you're looking at the beautiful colors and the textures and you're listening to that lovely artist talking about whatever they're making. And that is, that can still fulfill a creative need within you. And I know you guys are running something real, right now that's super fun. Lisa Cangnan's uh, class, oh. of, her drawing class. I mean, I, I knew, yeah. you know, I, I'm somebody who, I'm a printmaker, so I draw, but I always think, man, I'm not very good at this. And I have to say that she is a, she's really effective at getting you to, to just embrace the way you draw naturally, like not being totally perfect with everything. Just do the best you can. And she makes it so fun. And my daughter and I have done several of the, uh, we haven't done all the days. We're a little behind. But, um, you know, but it's so fun. It's so fun. I know. It's so, it's so much fun. So Lisa is absolutely awesome. She is such an inspiration. Again, coming from not a traditional background, mm-hmm. but sort of, um, but she is so good. I, she, she spreads the joy of making and creating. And, and she believes, like I do, that anybody can do it. Like anybody can do it. And and you just have to be given permission. But her drawing a day um, has been massively successful. The joy every day that I go in and I log on and I look what people have uploaded in their gallery. And then I've had, had my niece over from Dublin. She's just she's just left me today. And um, we were downloading all Lisa's classes, all her drawing a day, and um, for her to do on the on the plane ride home last night and going through. <laughs> and, so we're going, oh, well, we started the broom. I mean, and now because we're we're day twenty. 
um, we're kind of mixing around. So, um, so that will we start with a broom or will we start with the teacups? And oh my God, you just lose yourself. And remember the first time the team were talking about Lisa Colman, she did some sort of doodling exercises, and I was watching this video and I was watching it. I picked up a pen and I started just copying her and I'm going, oh my God, it's like, it's addictive. Mm -hmm. And you didn't have to have the exact pen pen she had. You didn't have to have anything. And then you're watching this thing grow on your page. And uh, she's, she's awesome. So no, it's, 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 it's fantastic. And she is, she's great. And even it's really interesting because we will, Maybell, who does our calligraphy class, she talks about the perfect imperfection. She's, she wants to be a perfect calligrapher and then realize that true art is in that perfect imperfection. And Yal, our watercolor artist, was saying that, um, she's saying that it's the, it's the imperfection in the watercolor that you create that makes it beautiful and handmade. Mm-hmm. And if it was perfect in this digital world, why would you want it? And it's funny how all our artists spontaneously will come up with something about like, allow that imperfection because that's, that's you. The thing I do like about Creative Bug is that you can, you know, take a class when it fits into your schedule. And if you can't sleep, you're feeling like you need something to distract yourself at midnight, you can jump on and take a class and it's just fine. I know. It's really funny because you say that. So, so two things. One, people have told me that they will put, if they can't sleep, they'll put Creative Bug on and they'll just listen to the artist talking about what they're doing <laughs> and they find it very meditative. <laughs> uh, which again, which is great. I need to yeah. relax. Um, and and that's and that's what crafting is all about is relaxing. And two, I do. Um, it gets quite addictive because I'm so passionate about the business, and I'm always looking at statistics and all that fun stuff. And uh, sometimes before I go to bed, I'll just check who's online now, and it'll so surprise me, like whereabouts in the world people are. I'm thinking what time zone they're in, and they're watching Creative Bug, and I think, oh, are they doing because they can't sleep, or are they doing because they're just grabbing a little bit of creative time or a little bit of me time? It's yeah. uh, interesting. Well, you might be able to market this. Uh, you know, your market might be actually bigger than you think. Maybe insomniacs could um, become subscribers <laughs> to people who don't even care to craft. They just want to hear artists talking about you know interesting that things. Beautiful thing. That is so funny. So, how many people? How big is Creative Bug? How many subscribers do you have around the globe? So we are not as big as we need to be. I mean, and it's really interesting. There's only 19 people full-time on staff here, and we've got five contractors. It's funny, Creative Bug looks, when you come on the site, our engineers and um, and our, our in-house artists have done such a great job of, like, just making it look so beautiful and so big. We are big. We grew 10x last year, and we, we did a massive amount to change the website. So we changed the value proposition. We changed it from 10 bucks a month to 4.95 a month. And my whole idea was that is that I want uh, it's the price of a cup of coffee, and I don't want people to give up coffee, but just one a, one cup of coffee a month. That's all it is. And then the other thing that we changed then was that every month that you that you pay your cup of coffee, your four ninety five, that you get a token up in the right hand corner in your little avatar, and that token is that you can you can bank a class forever. So you can put it in your little piggy bank, and you've got access to that class even when you stop subscribing. So that so you feel like you're getting really good value for for money, and uh, and then the other thing that we do is we give five percent of all our revenue, not our not our profits, our revenue to 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 charity and charities that encourage creativity. So um, so that has had a, a massive effect on on both acquiring subscribers and retaining subscribers. And the other big challenge that we have is people knowing about us, like. 
So anybody listening to this, please tell all your friends about creatorbug.com because people, it's, it's, it's getting the brand out there and getting people to trust you to actually give, hand over your credit card or go through PayPal and go to that long thing where you have to sign up and then you're committing and all of that fun stuff. And if people don't know your name and don't know that brand trust, um, we've been working very, very hard on, on getting the message out there through our YouTube channels and different partnership channels. But they're, they're, they're the big things. But I'm hoping I've got a, we've got a great plan in place for this year that's the first time ever, hopefully by December this year will be the first month that we can pay the wage bill <laughs> without having to go and ask for extra cash from people, so from investors. Uh, but that's our, hopefully our path this year that we'll get to a stage where we can go, phew, that was the first month now that the income and the, and the expenditure was the same. It's not a cheap thing to fly people out to record video of people in their home studios because a lot of these things are shot it looks like a lot of the documentaries of the artists are are shot right where they live. Is that correct? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So what we do is we have, we do we have two ways of doing it. We've gotten, we're very lucky now. We've got two studios in San Francisco before we had only one. So we've got two studios and people will, some people will fly into us and we'll have the studio, but we'll get them to send in things from their own studio at home. So they feel a comfortable, but also the visual effect is that you were surrounded with either what inspires them color-wise or what is around them to inspire them. Um, so we build assets here, but then we will do B-roll um, in their hometowns or try and get a snapshot of the real them and get that sort of that intimacy. Uh, and then we'll we'll cut all that together. And Fernando, our head of of, of, of video and, and creativity here, he we have got so much footage of people. I mean, he keeps going, you know, I could make like so much longer doc- documentaries. I think we've got so much footage footage of Case in London, we could make a whole new documentary around him. But we're always storing that up and, and filing it in the back of our brains and deciding where we're going to use that again. But um, but producing video is, 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 is an expensive business and, and hosting a website is and making sure we do our payment is through um, a bonded payment people so that we don't touch people's credit cards. So that's all very, very safe. So there's all the different things that you would not believe add up to. <laughs> Um, a lot of a lot of cash, but we're we do things very efficiently. Though we have no waste, um, and a lot of that is we will sh- we'll we'll talk to an artist about doing a shoot, and then if they're coming into town, we'll have them here for five days, and we'll shoot four to five videos in four days, and then on the last day we'll have some fun and go out and shoot some B-roll and find out more about them. And um, But that's because our pre-production takes as long as our post-production. When, the, when, when we go in to shoot, we know exactly what we want. There's okay. no like... You do your research. Rolling that camera. Yeah, no rolling that camera and see what happens. We know exactly what you as a creative book consumer needs to know about this project to be successful. And we know what we have to capture. So is there a lot of, are there meetings that happen um, before an artist even comes into town? Are you oh, planning, you're yeah. planning out writing proposals of what the, what the shoot's going to look like and what step outs need to be done and all the samples. Need yeah. To be made? What, yeah. What colors, what everything we know, there is no surprises. And sometimes artists go, wow, like, do we have to go to so much trouble? We've done this before. We've done that one. We're going, listen, believe me. You're going to be so pleased when you come that we've done it that way. And sometimes we don't shoot sequentially. We'll move things around, but we'll know what sequence we're getting because we have an artist coach on set as well. 
and we know exactly what we're shooting what day and what we've got to get through. And sometimes we'll jump through different days early. So it's a bit like shooting a soap opera or something like that. <laughs> it might not be shot sequence to see our movie. Right. But we know exactly what we need to get and we know exactly what our users need. And we moderate that. So we, we're always looking for feedback from users saying like if they're having a problem or da-da-da. And, um, and then we're constantly modifying our classes. And we get very, very few um, complaints about not being able to do something. If we do, we're usually able to jump on it and... Our videographers will look at the comments and go, yeah, like maybe we shot that too fast or maybe we should slow down here and we'll go back in and re-edit and modify. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're tweaking videos based on feedback, the videos that are already live. You'll go back in and do Yeah, we can, we, we, we can do that. So, Or else we'll say, um, somebody will say, like the next time you do this, could you focus a bit more on that? And one of our guys, Devlin or Brian or Eric, will be looking at the comments and they'll, they'll really take on the chin. They go, yeah, we see where you're coming from there. Yeah, we should be paying more attention here or there. And yeah, we will modify things. Um, absolutely. And so do you get a lot of um, requests from or submissions from people who are trying to be a creative artist or do you guys have a recruitment process? For those listening out there, they might be crafting away in their home studio right now and thinking, geez, I would love to be a creative bug artist. What does it take to yeah. make what does it take to make the cut? So we've just shot with our hundred one hundred artist Twinkie Chan. Oh, I've interviewed and... her. She's great. Yeah, oh, she's awesome. She, yeah, she's <laughs> All so fun. Are so fantastic. They're all so inspirational. Yeah. But um, we have this interesting code here where you can be a great artist, but you might not be able to explain what you've done well. That's very true. It's a different you, thing, really. It's a, yeah. It's or you could be a great artist. Yeah. Two, 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 two different skills. And then you might be a great artist and you can explain what you've done, but you what, might not know what other people are most likely to do. Mm-hmm. So we have the aesthetic that we believe is this whole creative lifestyle. And then the second thing is our artists have got to have taught in person themselves. And the reason why that's really very important is that they'll, they'll know from teaching over the years or over a period of time that they might be teaching to hold your brush one way. And they'll see that 20% of the class or 50% of the class or 60% of the class will hold their brush a different way and they will have not such a successful outcome. So they'll go, you hold the brush this way, you might be inclined to do this way, but you'll find your outcome will be this, but if you hold it this way, the outcome will be that. Right, so or they have that experience brush, I mean, yeah, of knowing. They have that experience, yeah. And we just did this, um, there's a great, if you want to look at a documentary, we um, we did fabric a fabric design class and we shot it, um, released it both in chapters and also you can watch it with back to back as well as a documentary. And one of the artists is hilarious. She giggled. She said, now I'm going to ask you to draw a shape and um, and I want you to keep the shape as simple as possible. She doesn't say why, and then she giggles. She said, I say this to all my students, and then they draw a complicated shape, and they regret it later on. (laughs) (laughs) And I did a complicated shape, and I regretted it later on, but at least you had a giggle about it, and you like to understand why she said it, because it was all about repeating that shape over and over and over and over again. And then the viewer viewer isn't mad when they do a complicated shape, and she didn't mention it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know you've been naughty, and you have to suffer because you've been naughty. Right, right. You got to yeah, it's your own fault at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's really important that you have to have this um, teaching experience so that you're t- setting people up for success. So, so are people applying to you or are you going out and actively recruiting people? 
So people will write into us with ideas and and then we'll look at our editorial schedule and see where the ideas fit in and just go, oh my God, that is just so amazing. Yes, we must do this. And then, but we we, ha- we we plan our editorial schedule out for the year and we and it's a movable feast, but we kind of have an idea like what buckets we want to fill or where we're at with, at people's certain stages and where we should take them next on their journey. Um, and then sometimes, and then we'll have our artists that we'll contact for, for, for getting involved there. And then we'll have artists will come to us and go, do you know what? I've got this great idea for a class. I'd love to shoot it with you. And then we'll, we'll look and we'll move things around and move our shoot schedule around. But I, we do get a lot of people like, especially coming up to us and going, do you know what? I know this great artist. You're going to love this great artist. And I'll go absolutely send in the details. And then I'll say, but they do need to have thought before and they have to have this kind of thing they go oh no they haven't thought and we have this artist coach contractor and she is fantastic Christine does the most beautiful watercolour animals I mean incredible wildlife and I going, keep going Christine we need you to teach and she's going no no I'm I'm booking I'm getting myself in and I'm going to start teaching people and she's an artist coach she knows how important it is she's going to teach um, I'm going to teach uh, about 20 classes and then Ursula then we'll talk about whether I'm ready to do a class or not for Creative Bug Wow. Yeah. So she's taking that really seriously. That's great. Yeah. 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 Well, it is, it is hard to have, you really can't have, you don't really know how people are going to react to what your, you know, what your, your process, unless you try to share it with other people. And I have students, almost every class, people will say, well, why do you do it that way? And then you have to kind of pause and think about, okay, so why do I do it this way? And then you explain it. And sometimes you end up adopting some of the techniques that your student by because of the questions you're asked. Yeah. I'll say, you know, I haven't thought about that. Let's try it. You know, people are like, well, have you ever done this? I'm like, no, but let's try it right now. And uh, I love that. And I also tell my you know students like, hey, if you come up with another technique, like this is my approach, if you come up with something else, by all means, please shoot me an email. Don't leave me in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Help me yeah. out too. And so it really is a sharing uh, process of you know sharing information. And it, that's what makes it so fun. Yeah, but also I'd say if anybody has any ideas out there or they want to come forward, like just, just come forward. And it might not happen this year, but maybe next year there might be something that comes up or they might have something really amazing that is so, that we feel on trend or we feel that there's, a vibe going on that we go, yeah, like, please, like, I mean, as say, sort of, everybody has got permission to do anything that they want to do. And never let anybody hold you back. How much um, ownership do they have of their own content after you guys are, you know, work together? Do they have the rights to continue to teach that in other places? Or how does that work? That is an excellent, absolutely excellent question. So, Um, I never want to deprive anybody the right to earn a living. We all do from our crafting. So what we do is when we devise a class with an artist, and usually it's a collaboration, um, we're devising a class with an artist, and then what we do is we ask the artist, of course they can teach that in person, and the artist actually sometimes they will create their own technique, so that is their technique. Mm -hmm. So that's their own technique. So they own that technique and they own that forever and ever and ever more. But what we ask for is for a certain period of time for them not to shoot any video class with anybody else on it, but absolutely teach in person. But we have to have a, a certain period of time that we have to sort of sort of earn back the investment of shooting the class and, and all the work that goes into that and, and hosting the website. So we just ask for them not to do a video course on that class. Um, and it, but they can do video courses, but just on different classes um, and, and different subjects. So okay. we, again, I don't want to limit them. I don't want to say like don't work for any video other video company. 
Other video companies do do that, but again, and but then I say to them, if you can, if you come up with an idea as well for class, can you pitch it to us first? And then if we if it doesn't fit in with our editorial calendar at the time or we can't do it, then by all means, then pitch it to other video courses. Like again, we're we're all we're all scraping a living. I mean, right. I'm trying to get credit book to break even. You're trying to everybody's trying to get their household balances and their lifestyles and everything. So I don't believe in curbing that. But what we do ask is that if you've shot a, a course with us, don't teach that course and that exact course in a video lesson. But of course, you teach in person. You continue with your books and you do everything else that you do. Well, and it sounds like the artists probably don't want to compete with themselves anyway, because essentially that's what they would be doing um, is competing yeah. with another product they already have out there. And are they are the artists paid uh by the popularity of a particular video or is it a flat rate for everybody? So um, so how we've built it up is that when, when Jean and Julie started the company, first of all, they couldn't afford to pay the artists. I mean, there was one video editor, one editorial person and them. So they did a, a revenue share and we'd have to count up manually every month who who got the most views, who saw this, who saw that, da, da, da. And, some artists earning money back and some they weren't it wasn't necessarily their fault because it's down to marketing and all different kinds of fun things Mm -hmm. so when I joined I said listen we have to find a way to pay people commission we have to pay people for the time and effort that they're putting into things so now what we do is we will pay the artist a commission just like you would for a magazine or a book or anything Mm -hmm. like that and then, and then what we do is then we have the top 100 artists every month and then we tally that up and we pay them out quarterly a bonus. And then the other thing is um, every time an artist gets a subscriber in, we call it share a sale, that they get a bonus on that as well. So we want loads of ways for our artists to earn cash because that encourages them spreading the word and, it's, um, and it makes everything better for everybody. Sure. And so even if... So even if, say, if Lisa is promoting Yaz class on her Instagram or her her blog, a cookie will sit on the person who's viewed it from Lisa's computer for 30 days, from Lisa's, from, from Lisa's blog for 30 days on their computer. And then when that person subscribes, then that is flagged as a Lisa Congdon promoted subscription so lisa will get a get a um will get will get um a bonus on that as well Well, so there's lots of different ways to enrich people's lives and do you know what the biggest joy is signing checks to hand out to artists i mean it's just (laughs) like oh my lord we're helping people i mean and you know as an artist we all you earn money from bits and pieces like it's not just from one source so it's, it's great just being part of that source and helping them continue to create and then carry on with their passion well, it sounds like you've done a lot of great work while you, while you, since joining Creative Bug. I mean, people, did people look at you and think, oh, no, I don't know about this when you suggested that the price go down from $10 to 5 Yes. I mean, so um, I'm an artist at heart, but we all know that to, there's lots of starving artists out there. So I had to make some business decisions and to see whether actually the subscription business this altruistic whole like artists sharing their joy of art with other artists and artists supporting artists, whether that could actually be a subscription business because there's a lot of free, free video out there on YouTube. There's other people who sell one-off classes for 20, 30 and 40 bucks. bucks. So we know there's a model out there for free. There's a model out there for buying one class. And I had to really prove out that there was a model out there that people would subscribe every month, um, just like a magazine to get their creative fix. And I said, listen, we're going large and we're going to go and we're going to push this out. We made 
changes to even how the class pages, like we did everything in one go in March. We changed how the class page was being served up. So you wouldn't just go to a class page and end that class. We'd serve up other classes. If you like this, you like that. If you like this artist, you like that artist. Just trying to increase that engagement. But yeah, it was, I mean, yes, I was challenged on many levels on whether this was the right thing to do for the business. And and then I explained to people what I was doing and they went, Ursula, we have faith in you. Just go for it and we'll support you. And and it's worked. It's definitely worked. And you said, you how much growth have you seen since you lowered that price? Um, 10x. And how much time span for that growth? In, in, in under 12 months. 12, wow. 10X Good for you. Months. You're yeah. quite the dynamo. Yeah. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah, and I mean... And, yeah, but it's also, it's really important because we had to see, like, is this the right thing? And I did a, people wanted to tweak things. I mean, it's funny. I mean, this is my sort of people who are listening who are like, be brave. Don't just keep tinkering with things. I mean, uh, Kay Fassett says in his, in, in the interview that we've done with him and you go into the structure, going to Kay Fassett, he goes, if you're going to be bold, be bold. If you've got to be bright, be really, really bright. If you're going to be pale, be like really, really pale. And so with this, <laughs> I, I, I feel exactly the same way. And I'm sorry I keep mixing art with business, but I feel that that's what life is like. And I just thought, you know what? We're not going to tweak the page and see if we get more engagement. We're not going to tweak the price. We're not going to say if you, you can keep a class forever every month. We're not going to say this. We're not going to say We're just going to like, we're not going to like say we're going to bring PayPal in and does that make a difference? We're just going to do everything together and like hit it hard. And that's what we did. And instead of some like just tweaking things and seeing if that works and that made the impact. Well, that's great growth. And what is your goal um, for subscribers for this year? Do you guys have a target of what you're trying to hit? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, and also people ask you, like, what is my goal overall? So we have a sister company that we, that we work alongside with. It's Crunchyroll and they've got over 700,000 subscribers. And people go, Wow. I'm going, I don't even think that's our cap in five or six years' time. I think that the creative lifestyle is so much broader because I believe it's a lifestyle movement. And the age group is from, as you say, your daughter through to your great-grandmother. And we all have this sort of frame of mind that we want to be creative. So I keep on, it's so funny, I keep on saying that we can have sort of our, we can have our bread and butter and that's at 60,000 subscribers. Everybody wants wooden floors in the office. So we'll have a wooden floor in the office at 100,000 subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, and we, and we set this goal. So, um, so in the office, everybody knows how many subscribers we have every day. Everybody knows um, how much cash we're burning through every day. I don't hide any of that. Everybody in here is the team. So they know how much cash we burn through every month. They know how many subscribers we have every month. Um, and and we all know and we all have different goals and all things that we that we want. Like uh Liana wants a wooden floor and she knows that we hit a thousand subscribers that she's gonna get it. We have it in the studios now, but not in the main part of the office. <laughs> oh, that's great. So what so what are you at right now for subscribers for Creative Bug? So um so um we have got investors that don't want us to share that right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, okay. And it's and it's just an investor thing. Um, and, but we are, we have got a number of subscribers that are, that we're confident that we can build and they can share the love of Create a Bug and keep us growing. And as I say, my goal is by the end of this year to be able to pay the wage bills without having to go back to the investor every time and ask for more investment. Okay. So you want to have it, you want to have it be up and uh, totally profitable, um, 
Okay. It won't be. It won't be. It won't be. It won't be, it'll be a break. E- so break it's, even. It's, a break even. It'll be, be a break even okay. month. <laughs> break even in a month. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. So it's sort of. So I'm hoping by December, or we're planning by December this year, that our net income in December will be the same as our as our net outgoings. Okay. And what that means is that we still have like the from January to November we'll still have been running at a loss. So it won't be a year of breaking even, but it'll be the month that'll be the month that we will break even. Yeah. And then from that then 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 next year we should break even, not unless we're doing some more investment in the website and, and, and taking more people on. But that will be like be an investment and that'll be a road to half a million subscribers. But we're uh, we're nowhere near that yet. We're looking to to end this year on sixty thousand, and, and my max will just about sort of pay the wages on the sixty thousand in yeah. December. So, help us do that, ladies. And I know this is there's a lot there are a lot of women on here, and there are there are um, some men as well. But are you looking to bring there more are. more men into this as well? Coming up this so, year. The CHA this year, there was a trend report and they had this chap who spends half his life in Paris and half his life in New York and he's looking at trends and he's looking, he doesn't look at micro trends like little things happening now. He looks at, at, at like at macro trends, the so trends that are going to be going on for the next 5, 10, 20 years. And he said that men are really, really getting into making and crafting. And I thought maybe it's just because we're creative bugs because our guys here are knitters or they're drawing and Courtney did a live broadcast this, this on the 14th um, last Thursday, and it was um, all about contour drawing, blind contour drawing. So, I mean, everybody here is doing all this stuff, and I just thought the guys were doing it because A, we're creative about them, B, we're in San Francisco, and it's like this whole creative lifestyle. Um, and then I sort of opened my eyes, I'm thinking, no, there's definitely more guys getting into crafting. And you think about attitudes towards parenthood, and wanting to be creative with your children Mm -hmm. and more chaps really, really wanting to be involved there. I can see that being, and, and yes, we have to check ourselves and say, no ladies, like it's everybody. It's all inclusive. It's it's not mutually exclusive. And, um, and the guys have started missing here. I'm really sorry to say that they've actually got better than me. I've been missing all my (laughs) life. And, uh, um, they're pretty good and dedicated and very tidy with their stitches. Um, yeah, so um, there's definitely a trend coming up and I think we're going to see it over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years where an awful lot more chaps are going to be really making and crafting and enjoying that joy and that creative side. What do you think is going to be on the horizon next for uh, as you guys are looking at the trends and planning classes for the next year? Are there any previews you can give us as to what to expect you guys to be offering in the next uh, calendar year? We've decided that we're going to launch an of the month. So we're doing a critter of the month and Twinkie's done three for us. And they're just cute critters that you could knit or crochet. And then we're doing a bag of the month. And the bag of the month is actually going to be, some of them are quite difficult. And one of the ones that I thought, I said, no way are people going to do this. And then I see people just launching into their first bag and creating these beautiful creations. We have a bag of the month. And then we have a block of the month for Anna Horner. And she's created a different block every month um, for quilting. And the idea behind that is if you've never quilted before, just do a small block and just see that whole joy. The, our off the months are definitely something that's coming up and what I think you should just watch like watch our classes because sometimes the team will come up with somebody, something like macrame or macrame and I'll go like where does that come from like why, why are you making all these hanging baskets and this is like the beginning of last year and 
they're going no Esther, this is this is this is bubbling up this is going to be something oh, yeah. that people it's are actually actually interested in huge yeah 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 and then the other thing is that then Courtney, all these sort of wall hangings with yarn is, is bubbling up everywhere and I'm seeing them in shop windows and all different places. And Courtney dressed a set two years ago with these. And I said, do you know you started this trend, Courtney? I said, how did you, why did you do this? And she said, oh, she said, I was just dressing a set and I was thinking I need to use yarn. I want to make it soft. And I want to color pop. So I just got some bamboo and dangled yarn over it and thought, well, I can cut different shapes at the end. So I think just watching some of even our smaller classes, there's certain things that will be bubbling under that the team sees mm-hmm. and, and knows or just actually enjoys. Um, and I think the other thing that was a real surprise, we launched la- art last January in a big way and watercolour in particular. And we were expecting a lull in our, in our watch classes and our subscriber signups during the summer months. And it didn't happen. I'm going, hey, what's going on out there? And our Instagram was blowing up with people like yourself doing all the watercolor classes with their families. And um, so I think more people are leaning into art and this whole mixed media art journaling. And Lisa's just moved house and she's been Instagramming some of the fold out books that she found like as she moves and she put in boxes and enjoying all them sort of these accordion books that you fold out and you mm-hmm. have these sort of linked up sketches and all of that kind of thing. So there's a, more art coming down the pipeline. There's more knitting and crocheting. I mean, we're across the board. I mean, we're, we're, it's all that creative lifestyle, but there's some good fun stuff coming up over the, over the next year. And the team shared with me just before the Christmas break, the plan for the year. And I got shivers down my spine I mean I got goosebumps with some of the exciting things that they planned for the year and then Fernando who's, who's head of the video um, department and, 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 and all our shooters and our editors he really wants to do more documentaries and more sort of lean back TV that you can really enjoy and be inspired by as well so, um, so we're looking for a place that, that could live on the website that you can just tune in for a 15 minute fix or yeah but that could be really fun fix. yeah well give fernando yeah. a high five because i i love his work okay. and his team no seriously i mean it's it's fun it's really fun and i think he's on to something with that whole documentary approach people know going in that this is not going to end in disaster uh it's not going to start on fire you know at the end of the at the end of the video because you've you've vetted this you've tested these things you are you're, you've, these are tested teachers. These are people who've done this before, and um, it's and it's they're beautifully done. So, um, and for five bucks a month, I mean, it's totally affordable. So um, you can skip one cup of coffee, and yeah, and you're supporting t- all. You're, you're supporting over six hundred artists by that one cup of coffee. Yeah, it's really, really. You no, know, you said six hundred artists. Yeah, no, six hundred. Six, sorry, one hundred artists. Oh, one hundred. Okay, artists. I was going to say that number yeah. just grew. Okay, so it's you're supporting a hundred artists. Uh, and they yeah. produced over six, more than 600 classes and you're adding yeah. another hundred classes this year. Is that? Yeah. Correct? So we'll, we'll, um, we've got a hundred already in the bag and we'll probably add another 300 this year. Yeah. It's, wow. it's, it, it just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. And yeah, the passion, the passion is there. Everybody here is pushing for classes as well. Um, so yeah, they keep, they keep pushing me and, and it's, it's interesting challenging me every day, more things that they want to do. Um, and you no, know, we're 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 really we're we're. I mean, we normally our launch schedule is every when every Tuesday and Wednesday we launch a class, and then every Monday we'll do a technique. And in January alone, we've launched a class a day with Lisa, 
uh, albeit a smaller one. We still put a lot of production into that. And then we've launched all the Quitter of the Month, Bag of the Month, Lock of the Month, as well as our normal releases. So, yeah, we're you're going to keep getting lots of inspiration and lots of new things. Oh, that's really cool. Well, I'm curious of the, the drawing the day. What is the most popular drawing? What are people really liking to draw so far? Oh, um, I, they're drawing everything. The shocking thing is, I mean, I'm looking at some of these and I'm going, oh, my God, these are just like absolutely amazing. And I'm going, is this a Lisa drawing? Is this somebody else's drawing? And then I'm going, is that slightly better? I'm sure Lisa wouldn't mind me saying that. And it's, uh, it's, it's all of them. I mean, the one that fascinates me the most, the one I keep looking back at and looking and going into the gallery, you can't help it. I, I can't help looking in the back end and looking at galleries and things here, is the chairs. Oh, yeah. And so it's so hard to draw a chair. I don't know. I mean, in our college, I remember learning how to draw a chair. Like, drawing a chair is so tough. Like, getting that looking like it's actually standing up, not falling down, right. not leaning the over, that you could actually right. physically sit in it. Yeah. And um, I remember my son, when he was seven, we were drawing at our back garden, just sketching, and he drew a chair. And I went, how did you draw that? Like, how did you do that? And he's going, I don't know. It's just there, and I drew it. And I'm going, What? And then I think that, that Lisa's just said to people, that chair is there, just draw it. And people are just throwing <laughs> themselves in. So that's the one I keep looking at and going, wow, like that's no training. That's just using your eye mm-hmm. and looking and and putting a pen to paper. So that's the one that I keep looking at. I love the teacups as well because um, I, I, um, I, I love cups like yourself, but it's the chair that keeps drawing me back to look at. Well, that's awesome. And I'm seeing that a lot on Instagram, people that I – you know, have been following for a long time and these drawings are popping up and it's so fun. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm doing that too. Yeah. So it's like a lot of people who are artists in their own right, you know, they might be fiber artists or, you know, maybe they crochet yeah. and they're drawing chairs and teacups and, <laughs> and all these things right along with the rest of us. So it's really been kind of fun to watch um, how it's kind of unified, yeah. unified people who do all different things. They're jumping in and getting their sketchbooks out. It's really fun. That's the idea. That's the idea. And if you, if anybody wants to have a look at that inspiration, if you look at the hashtag um, CBUG draw a day, so C-B-U-G draw a day, um, you can see all of that wonderful inspiration. And I dare you not to pick up your pen after, after, after seeing some of these drawings. <laughs> yeah, well, I think this has been most inspiring. I don't know if there's anything else that you want the folks at home to know um, about Creative Bug or about your story. I know we could talk for days, I think, because it's. I know I've really enjoyed this time. Is there anything else that I didn't ask you about that you want to share? No, I just think that the whole thing of Creative Bug is being a community of artists and then sharing that love of art. And I believe that, I truly believe that when you create something, you're getting pleasure as you're creating it. And then if you do something and you give it to somebody, you're sharing that pleasure with that person because you feel like you've made something handmade for them and they believe you've invested time for them. So people can buy things, but when somebody makes you something and has invested time and is thinking about you and they're making it, that kind of, again, it's this altruistic um, idea of um, just spreading joy and really good things and creativity. Well, I'm glad Creative Bug has you at the helm because... um... It sounds like you're taking it to a really great place and uh, we want it to last. And it sounds like you are focused on growing the business and getting it to more people. And I think that's very inspiring and you're a brave and bold businesswoman. And I think we can all take a a lesson from some of the things that you've done um, just in your career. So thank you for sharing your story and inspiring us to be bold, you know, (laughs) 
Well, I'm very honoured that you picked to interview me and I'm um, great admirer of what you do and keep it up and keep inspiring all those students as well. <laughs> well, thank you. You have a lovely day. Okie dokie. Bye-bye. Bye. A special thanks to Ursula for being on the show. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you folks at home did too. And I hope you're also feeling really inspired now to go out there and ramp things up for your own handmade business or maybe work your way up to being an instructor on Creative Bug. That would be a really cool goal. They produce beautiful videos, so I think that would be a feather in your cap if you're one of the chosen ones who get to be a Creative Bug instructor. In the meantime, it's so fun to just enjoy Creative Bug and check out those videos. Ursula and her team have agreed to let Craft Sanity listeners try it out for one month free. So if you use the discount code CRAFTSANITY... You can just type that in and you'll get one month free to try it out. And something tells me you're going to get hooked like I did. Head over to craftsanity.com for links to Ursula and Creative Bug. You can also find a coupon code at craftsanity.com to save money on your next order to acshomeandwork.com. That's a Craft Sanity sponsor. Thank you, Ted, for your continued sponsorship. I also want to thank the Craft Sanity Patreon sponsors out there who are contributing to keep this show going. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Okay, I have more shows to edit. Now I'm going to be moving on to the shows that recorded in Columbus. So those are going to have some video components as well. So this should be interesting. <laughs> and I am working on the next installment of Craft Sanity magazine. Uh, this one will probably be an e-edition only and that will be available in April, so stay tuned for that. It's not too late if you have an idea, a recipe, a story to share. I'm still collecting those. Well, I'm always collecting those. I also will be sending out a newsletter soon. I'm trying to send one out about every week. We'll see. I broke my finger about a week and a half ago, so um, I typed my last newsletter with a broken finger. I didn't know my finger was broken. I just, it just hurt really bad. <laughs> uh, now that I know it's broken, I'm kind of easing off to typing a little bit. I have sat down a couple times to type my newsletter, and it's very painful, so I keep stopping. I will be able to kick one out. I think I need to put it on voice activation um, dictation mode here on my computer and do it that way. But anyway, if you go to craftsanity.com and, and click on the newsletter link at the top of the page, you can sign up for the newsletter, and I'm trying to share information about uh, just some fun writing that I'm doing and information about things I hear about in the art and craft world that I think might interest you and also keep you up to date on the latest craft Saturday projects. So yeah, check that out and I'm going to get back to work. I'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, craft sanity, my friends, it works for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the craft sanity podcast. To support the show, click the Patreon link at craftsanity.com to donate $1 a month or buy a handmade loom or magazine at craftsandy.etsy.com. Same time next week.